Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. It's your host, Bad Love Chuck. We're back at it again with another episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, comment on all your social media platforms. We're back to bring you more NFL draft coverage as we get closer and closer to the 2022 NFL draft. But before we get into all that, let's introduce the panel here. The top middle of the screen is my guy, Country. Top right-hand corner is our homegirl, Kylie. Um, bottom left-hand of the screen is our guy, Boogie. And we bring back Another special guest that used to be on our pod. I know the last time we brought him in here, we was talking about Demarcus Robinson, saying that he was ready to have a thousand yard season, and that didn't work out too well. <laughs> and then, of course, not this guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then we talked about some other stuff too. I think What's we that? talked about some NFL draft too. So uh, we like to bring him back. We like to bring back Daniel Harms of RGR Football. Dan, how you doing, man? You know, right now is the grind that just never ends. I find myself fall, falling asleep on the couch at random times during the day. I just feel like I'm only watching film, and then I just fall asleep. Like, that's that's my life right now. So you kind of like me in a sense. I sometimes be falling asleep on the couch on accident because you get too comfortable just sitting there for a while, and it's like, <laughs> okay, I don't want to get up anymore. Yeah, my daughter's done for a nap. I'm watching film, and all of a sudden, boom, done. Yeah, that's happened numerous times. So yeah, man. Um, before we get into all, before, before we get into all the subjects and everything, uh, just gonna go ahead and get this out the way real quick. Um, you know, rest in paradise to Dwayne Haskins. Unfortunately, um, you know he got he got hit by a car. Um, the story behind that is that um, he ran out of gas and he was trying to get gas for his car and he got hit. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, unfortunate events. Um, I felt like he didn't get much of an opportunity in the league. Um, first of all. You know, people was making controversy of him because I guess maybe some of the antics or whatever, but he got drafted in a poor organization, first off. And then when he got to the Steelers, I was like, all he needs is just another opportunity, and I think he can make something out of it. And he died so young, and he never got the opportunity to, you know, redeem himself from that aspect. Um, you know, then, of course, there's some controversial tweets. Um, I know Adam Shelter said, the way he worded his tweet was controversial. Um, Gil Brandt got on there. He sounded like a goofball as far as um, as far as like how they talked about Dwayne Haskins. But um, you know, I just want to say rest in paradise to the young man. And I want to get everybody else's thoughts on the unfortunate event that happened yesterday. Um, Gil Brandt was definitely worse than Adam Schefter. Uh, Schefter, he could have just left that part out. It wasn't it wasn't incredibly it was bad, but it wasn't like it wasn't true. It's true. He was kind of struggling to catch on and stuff, but at that time he didn't have to say that. He didn't have to put that in there. And then when he revived the tweet, it looked it looked how it was supposed to look. You know, but Gil Brandt rant was like, Dang, dude, what do you do? Sleep with your daughter or something. Like he was mad about the dude. It was just I don't know. Both of them was unnecessary and could have been prevented. Basically, that man was twenty-four year old, twenty-four years old, lost his life, and and man, it's just tragic, bro. Yeah, uh, life is short, and that was definitely. I feel like it kind of stunned everybody in the um, NFL community. Any fan that twenty-four years old—that is just 
way too young and it was really unfortunate the way that he died and tragic and i feel my thoughts go out to his friends and his family and then the releasing of the news it was just insensitive and poor character in my opinion and i think that he could have just left the, that piece out that was unnecessary um and obviously it's gonna rustle some feathers when you release a statement like that and it's as tragic as it is so i thought it could have been handled with more taste yeah, this is a bit interesting. You know, it feels like Adam Schefter, for everything that you see on TV about Adam Schefter, he seems like a nice guy. The fact that he hasn't even come out and said anything about the tweet itself is my biggest my biggest issue. Like, I get maybe we've had some issues with in the past with his scheduled tweets. This was not a scheduled tweet. This, this was something that he typed out and then pressed send. Remember her, Edwards, that always said, don't press send. Just don't do it. So I'm just, I don't know, man. That's that kind of stuff really bothers me. And the fact that he's not even he doesn't care. This is Sunday. It's been over 24 hours since the incident and nothing. ESPN hasn't said anything. So it's uh I I'm pretty upset about it. Yeah, I, RP Haskins. I, I just think sometimes, even as fans, we just think these sports players, this is all they got. Like it's it's bigger than sports sometimes. Like who cares if somebody sucked in football if they just passed? Like that was, I didn't like Schefter saying that. Like you said, Dan, he didn't even apologize to me. That's crazy. Just to delete and just to make a new tweet like yeah. he didn't say anything was right. crazy. Then Gil, oh, man, Gil. When, when I heard those comments, I just started thinking about Donald Sterling and those old-timey type guys that's been around. That I, I, I don't understand them comments at all. He typed the apology, but did he really even, did he type it? Is he like? Is he see not? Like, what, what's going on with it? Like he's like ninety years old. Is he actually all there? Like yeah, we don't know. I got no clue what, what his mental issue is. And that's not trying to like stab at him. It's just truth. We don't. We don't know. That's nonsense, man. Yeah, that guilt should. Uh, that was crazy, man. I, I can't believe he said that. He definitely should apologize. But I'm with you. I think Shepard. He definitely needs to apologize. Or ESPN should. Uh, if they really care and have morals, they would suspend him, but we know they wouldn't. They just paid him that big contract. So mm -hmm. we know nothing to happen to him. They could just do that, but yeah, I, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, um, and yeah, to answer uh, Dorian's question, um, I don't know if it, I don't know if that was Gil or it was Bill Polian. Um, I want to say it was Bill. It was Bill, 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 Bill. Yeah, that was Bill Polian. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah, man, um, at that time, man, it was very distasteful, like, like you said, Bug, like, at, who cares about what he did on the football field at that point, mm -hmm. man? Like, the the man, mm -hmm. he, he was just too young. You know what I mean? He, he he had many years to try to get another opportunity to redeem himself, and that was just uh, – the timing was just wrong, man. And as far as as far as far what Gilbrand said, he, he just sounded like a complete idiot. Like, dude, how you, how you going to say all that and you don't know the entire story, like, behind his death and everything? It was just – I woke up very upset because I didn't even know I didn't know this had happened until like hours later, and I woke up and I was like, "Wow, wow, what the yeah. heck?" And and, and, and and Chuck, hold on. And Bill had a problem just because he had a private draft party. Like, is that really that big of a deal? Like, he's not the only one. He's not the only that, one who's at a private draft party. Because <laughs> we see it all every draft. We right. see this. That's why I'm like, is that really that big of a deal? That's a character concern. Having a yeah. private party. 
and this kid had just and this kid had just went through um you know his girlfriend like knocking his tooth out and stuff he had gone through some stuff previously too you know and he was just trying to get back on track you know what i mean as far as uh life in general mm -hmm. you know and he was heading on the right path and just uh had this unfortunate event happen to him it's just it's terrible it's terrible but yeah prayers were out to um his family and his friends his close friends so but yeah um but on to the on to the next subject um let's go ahead and talk about tyron matthew uh tyron came out and he opened up about uh the chiefs not bringing him back um you know he's he was very disappointed he doesn't understand why the chiefs uh didn't move didn't go ahead and try to offer him a contract and he mentioned how you know when Justin Reed got his contract he said like if the Chiefs were to offer that to him he would have negotiated but he would have been like at the end of the day if that's where they drew the line to sand he would have took the deal and then he and then he goes on to say that he can't figure out why this he's on this uh fourth NFL team soon to be fourth NFL team and then there's some other stuff in the article too you know talked about his uh childhood and how he grew up and everything so um, what did you guys think about the arc overall that Sam McDowell did from the start? I didn't read it because uh, Casey Story, you got to pay money to read their articles, and they don't do a great enough job for me to be reading their articles and paying for it. So I didn't see it. I just seen like the highlights. Um, clearly, he thought the market was going to be something that it wasn't. Um, or clearly the Chiefs want to move on or they want to get them at a certain number. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it's going to be any Tyron Matthew news until after the draft, whether that's a reunion, whether that's somewhere else, wherever it is. I, I think, I think between him and Melvin Ingram, I don't see nothing on them till June or July at this point. Like is they just out there floating and they'll be out there to the right to the right name or the right paper comes across. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. <laughs> I mean, I read the article and my understanding is that he didn't really feel at the beginning of the season that he was gonna get a contract out extension after the season and he kinda used that to make business decisions or make decisions and definitely sway the way he played. Um, and then for him to, I don't know, it kind of explained some of the way he played this last season um, a little bit, but at the end of it, him saying that he would have taken the Justin Reed contract. Like, I honestly don't know that I believe that. I feel like that's just something maybe he was saying to save face, but also like, I don't know. It was all kind of weird. Um, I don't think he'll be back in Kansas City. I don't know that that was a plea to come back to Kansas City. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. It was, it is what it is. It's an article about his thoughts on this last season and it kind of summed it up. Yeah, you know, when you go, when you talk after a team signs your replacement, you have a lot of things you can reflect on. How, yeah, I would have taken that deal had it been offered. Like you say that now because it was something that, could have possibly happened and it didn't happen, didn't materialize that way. So as much as I'm a true believer that Tyree Matthew changed this defense, the fact of the matter is over 30, he's losing a little bit of a step in his athleticism and his drive to actually finish plays. And 
the biggest part of it that bothered me is that he admits to letting it affect his play on the field. Not only is that going to make you less of a commodity in the in what you're trying to get paid, it's going to say, look, we have this literal snippet of you saying you let money impact the way you play on the field in a contract year. That's a problem, and teams don't want that. So um, I love Tyron Matthew. I love what he brings to the field. But for guys over 30 who are losing a little bit of athleticism, don't want to hit anymore, unfortunately, you, you kind of priced yourself out of that range. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he would have took that read deal. I, I agree with Kylie. I think he was saving face. Mm-hmm. I agree with Dan. I don't think it's a good – it's good – I mean, we like when athletes open up and don't just give us cliche answers. Mm-hmm. But that's not a good look when he's saying he's taking business decisions. But I also think he's just losing a step, too. I, I think he lost a step. And I think it is what it is. I mean, social media, you see they was talking about social media, too. You can't say that yep. it's not affecting the Chiefs. Like, all year, pro tyrant people was saying, oh, you think they really care? They do, man. They they cared about that. And that's the reason they didn't even offer him a contract. I mean, four teams. This is gonna be his fourth team. This is we're talking about all decade, all pro player, about to be mm-hmm. on four teams. It's a reason for that. And it, it keeps popping up. And it's gonna happen mm-hmm. wherever he goes next. It is what it is. He's a good player, but it comes with baggage. I doubt we – I will be shocked if he comes back here. I, yeah. I think the Chiefs made it adamant, made it very clear that they, they, they're they not going to bring him back. And he kind of had an idea too, like, because in the article he read – I read that, yeah, everyone remembered at the time the Chiefs were at the negotiating table basically with Tyron, and, you know, they was trying to work with him on a new deal then, and they didn't get anything done. And um, like Dan mentioned – um, it did affect his play, um, you know, when the, when there wasn't a contract done or anything. So, um, and I could tell too, cause like um, it wasn't that same energy, it wasn't like that same type of rah rah leadership or anything mm-hmm. out there. Like when he first played against the Ravens, it started out well, but then after that, you didn't really hear much from him the rest of the season. And yeah, when you uh, when the balls when you're not getting targeted, yeah, it's tough to make plays. But there was times when he did get targeted. Um, I'm not going to mention the opponent, but you guys know which game I'm talking about. Um, it, it didn't look too good, man. Um, and sometimes, like, when you not get targeted like that, sometimes you got to just find different ways to get involved in play and make something happen. Um, as great of a player as Tyron has been throughout his career, the issue I have had with him at times is that he don't come up in the alleys enough against the run. Like, he's a guy that's, like Dan mentioned, and like Boogie had mentioned, like, he doesn't really like to hit that often as he should uh, but when he's playing with that energy and that tenaciousness yeah he'll come up and hit at times but um he's mainly known for just being a cover safety and there's nothing wrong with that but there's times where the team definitely needs you to do a little more than what you're accustomed to but at the end of the day i do appreciate what tyron um brought to the table here at kansas city and you know i wish him the best of luck with his new team i mean that's all i got on that end yeah, real quick, back to what Boogie was saying about like social media and everything. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's a leader in the locker room. And I'm not going to say he's not. And he was a great player. And I've 
he's been awesome on the Jeeps, but how can you continue to be a great leader in the locker room when you're crumbling to the pressures of social media on a daily basis? Like, is that not going to ripple through your locker room or ripple through your leadership? Like if you're having all of the fighting, all these demons outside of the locker room, it's going to come, it's got to creep in at some point. Right. I don't know for sure, but it just feels like you can't juggle both and keep them separate. Yeah. And I asked you guys this in the chat too. Um, when this article came out, I was like, is Tyron's bipolar personality um, affecting him to the point where teams are just like, uh, nah, we're not going to keep you. You know, we're going to let you test the market and wish you the best of luck. Like, is this bipolar personality kind of affecting him in that way as far as him becoming a journeyman in this league so far? Probably a little bit. I think that that's one of the biggest reasons. That, like, like you know, like Haley was talking about, if you are letting little people who don't know you, that don't have any impact on your actual life on social media – Get inside your head on a literal daily basis. I, I can't see how you can continue to bring that energy every single day in the like in the NFL. It's not the same thing. And whether you use it as motivation or not, it's been pretty clear, specifically in Kansas City. He had to come out making a public apology because he called the fans soft and or not fan, uh, whatever it was. I forget exactly the word. Toxic. Toxic. Yeah, there it is. Toxic. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. you you think that that's going to play well everywhere. Like that, that would happen this year. <laughs> You're turning 30. Now they have more things against you. That's just one of those things, man. And teams take note of this stuff. They will, they'll hold whatever they can against you to pay as little as they can to get you. That's how it's that's how this business works. Yep. Well said on that part. So, so let's, so let's get to your um, favorite subject here, Dan. Um, you have been in the field room quite heavy this week. Um, and let's start off. And mainly the receivers. You've been mainly on the receivers this week as far as um, your film work and everything. And here's one receiver in particular that you seem to have a crush on more than any other receiver in this draft class, uh, Sky Moore. Let's start with Sky Moore. Uh, Sky Moore, you put up like about, I guess, four clips of him, you know what I mean, running routes and getting open. Um, and you said the only thing that Sky has to work on is not letting the ball get to his body. But other than that, he pretty much has the goods, like as far as route running, creating separation, all that good stuff. So um, how do you see Sky Moore fitting into, you know, this offense if the Chiefs were to go ahead and look at a guy like Sky Moore or just in general? So one thing about Sky Moore typically is when I'm posting stuff on Twitter, it's just because I'm watching and I'm one of the only people that finally got some all 22 on him. I haven't seen much across the timeline. So I figured I would just start putting some clips out. Everything. The reason the chiefs love him is because he just gets open. Like he's not a huge guy. He's not all that fast. His game speed does not reflect his 40 time. I promise you it doesn't. It's not the same thing. He doesn't have that acceleration or that deep speed, but he just finds ways to get open, manipulating corners and has, typically good hands at the catch point even through contact but that being said he's not somebody you can draft in the first round i don't even have one second i'm pretty sure i don't even have him in my top he's not my top five of receivers he's probably around nine ten just because there's a lot of really high floor things without much ceiling he's a guy who's going to come in be what he is now and I don't see much more room for improvement. So you can only do so much with that. But he's if he's a Chiefs were to draft him, I feel like that would be a replacement for a Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy who can you you can put in the slot, who can create 
separation over the short intermediate parts of the field that doesn't need to be schemed open he can create a little bit on his own but he's not going to be a huge yak threat he's not going to be a deep field receiver um but that's more of what i see now and there's reasons that players like antonio brown get drafted in the sixth round out of small schools that end up blowing up you never really know that could possibly happen but i don't see that really happening with more i do like him what he brings but i just wouldn't i wouldn't draft him in the first round I wish you on that for sure. Um, like now, I see Dorian made a comment. He said, um, it could be like a Julian Edelman in that's, offense, maybe. Like, that's kind of what you're looking at. He's a possession guy. He's going to, he has some wiggle, but he's not going to be a deep down the field kind of guy. Like, that's just what he is. Like, it's, like I said, I liken him to Juju Smith Schuster in this offense in that regard. Okay, so, so, go ahead. Connor. So, Dan, you think that the Chiefs have changed up their approach to the wide receiver room? Uh, they they've been drafting a lot of big guys lately, big, quick guys. You you think they've changed their approach? I'm on the in the opinion of myself is that Andy Reid is seeing a shift. Like he saw the shift earlier in in his tenure in Kansas City, he tried to start to bring in some guys with speed, and he attacked the league with it. The league said, "Okay, fine. You want speed? We're gonna just make sure you can't throw it down the field." So Andy Reid says, okay, I can't throw it down the field now. I'm going to take Tyree Kill. I'm going to trade him away. Now this is my own little conspiracy. It's not super big brain. I don't think you can say, hey, let's trade Tyree Kill away and then just start to get different on offense. I don't think you can realistically do that. Um, and I don't think that was what they thought when they traded away Tyree Kill, just try to big brain this and make defenses stop giving us three high or two high safeties. But I think it gives them an opportunity to change a little bit with that. You have bigger receivers now. Yes, Mark Veldes-Scantling has deep speed, but he's not a guy who's going to create separation on his own naturally. Like, that's just not what he does. He's definitely more of a deep threat, a deep threat with now improved hands at the through contact and at the catch point. Juju Smith-Schuster has been proven to be a guy who can win some 50-50 balls and has a bit more strength over the middle. We know Travis Kelsey can do it. He's done it forever. Um, Jody Fortson, a guy who emerged last year as someone who – Patrick Mahomes seemed to want to throw into more of those situations. So it seems to me that this is an opportunity for Andy Reid to look at how defenses are playing them, know that they're going to typically put more coverage guys in, and corners just aren't as tall as receivers. So if you get bigger than they are, and yes, you still have that ability to throw the ball down the field, you add some guys in Juju Smith-Schuster and hopefully Mark um, McCole Hardman who can create over the middle of the field with Travis Kelsey – and then you start to add in, sprinkle in. You don't have to be offensive, complete, throw the ball in the 50-50 situations. You can sprinkle it in here and there, and that should generate enough to say, we can beat you in five, six different ways just throwing the ball. That is what I've always wanted. And when they drafted Chris Connolly, a guy who set the NFL Combine record of, or it was like third in the NFL Combine in his high, or his jump, and then you don't you want to make him a possession receiver that hurt me it hurt me greatly and i want them to throw the ball in a little bit more situations let guys go and be a bit bigger and catch those balls so that's my own personal take on what's happening a little bit here with the opportunity that andy reed has uh, in front of him so so i think trading tyreek was a it called me crazy but i think it was addition by subtraction to where now they're going to be like what you just said. They're going to be more wide open. We're not just going to attack you with Travis and Tyreek and then whoever. We got a multitude of guys that we can 
give the ball, I can spread the ball out much more dangerous that way. So we're saying that I'm not in favor of trading up for a wide receiver. If 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 I'm trading up into the top 10, top 15, I, I don't want no wide receiver. Like, like I, I just I don't want to spend those resources when I know this defense needs help across the board. Like edge, tackle, corners, another safety, like getting rid of a pick just to get a speedy wide receiver. It feels like they're chasing Tyreek Hill, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in that. You know, I don't want to be that guy. No, I, I, feel, I feel like that. It's, that's right. I agree with you on that. But, Dan, doesn't it seem like everything this whole offseason is gearing towards us trading up for a receiver? Because we heard all offseason Beach wanted to be aggressive and go get another receiver. Now we hear rumors that they want to trade up into the top 15-ish to get a receiver. It seems like if it's smoke, it's fire for the most part, right? We signed, like you said, Valdez, that's really not a long-term contract. We really don't have any receivers signed long-term. So, mm-hmm. to me, it seems like we are going to make a big move for a receiver in the draft. Well, I get that. I, I understand that. When have the Chiefs drafted receivers in the first round? Like, Jonathan Baldwin was the last one, wasn't it? Like, that's, yeah. that's the last dude. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, we didn't draft, but we were aggressive in signing Sammy Watkins, though. Well, yeah, that's the that, that's one of the yeah. things. I think that they're looking at all avenues of a, a drafting a wide receiver, and maybe they thought by being aggressive, not necessarily trading up to 15, maybe they're talking about going to get a guy at 20, 21 with the Patriots. I think the Patriots are an obvious move back candidate, in my opinion, after going to get uh, Devontae Parker. They're going to look to can get some more draft capital and you're moving from 29 to 21 you can you do that without having to sacrifice your first round pick probably even one of your seconds you could probably get away with a third and moving up that distance so they might have someone their eyes set on someone to move in front of the packers because as we all know the packers are also out there looking for a receiver and if that guy happens to be chris olave george pickens that is a prime spot, in my opinion, for them to go still be aggressive and get that guy, but not have to sacrifice that first or maybe even your 50 at that point. Yeah, um, I, want, I want to talk about the Jameson Williams uh, comment that Kevin the Trucker brought up because I've seen his name brought up on many my drafts in regards to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, is that is that a possible is that a real possibility of him being in Kansas City or is that just more smoke <laughs> than anything? Just him getting hyped up. Yeah, no, Jameson Williams is my favorite player in this entire draft. He's just – he has the thing that you – like, there's two receivers in this draft that have the – really three guys that have something you just can't teach. And Jameson Williams is the most sudden player in this draft. And what I mean, I mean by that is that you, you don't see it happening, and then he's gone. Even in talks, talking about acceleration through his stem, it's guys got 10 yards off, and he covers that space – so quickly it's impossible to do that that's that's why you're seeing a lot of people say go get Jamison Williams and try to replace some of the what Tyreek Hill had that's not what you try and do I would love the Chiefs to get Jamison Williams but the fact of the matter is for me after hearing he's coming back relatively around training camp and going to be ready for the start of the season I think he's going to go in top 10 I think 10 to the Jets after hearing they were in on Tyreek Hill makes a ton of sense to pair with Elijah Moore, a guy who has not just deep speed, but can get open everywhere on the field. You pair him with a guy who has legit 
break off the top t speed. That makes sense to me. And that would cost too much, at least in my personal opinion, to go up and get Jameson at that at that price point. The Jets got two uh, top 10 picks, right? Yeah, they got four and 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if they get sauce in him, that would be crazy. Mm -hmm. That would be a crazy draft for them. So, um, so with that being said, like, what do you think the Chiefs actually do as far as maybe adding a receiver? Like, do they go through the draft or do they actually make a trade and try to get somebody like AJ Brown or Terry McLaurin or DK Metcalf? They still available? Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think that's in there in their outcome of likelihood possibility. I don't think AJ Brown's going to be traded at all. Uh, Tennessee would really be dumb in doing that. He's one of the five best young receivers in the NFL. I think Terry McLaurin might be, but at the end of the day, he's also one of the, one of a very good handful of young receivers. You don't really see teams t trading those younger players very often. Now Tyree kill 29 years old. Now, the one thing that never really leaves you is that speed. So he's always going to be valuable in the league. So his, price point for what it was they still i still even though my initial reaction wasn't great i think the value of his trade ended up being okay you could add some players give yourself some cap space also pile up in the draft so uh, i'm okay with it to that extent but i don't necessarily know if they're going to be in the market to trade for a big name wide receiver and then have to pay them 22 to 25 million dollars that's one of the things about these wide receiver markets tyree kill Devontae Adams. They're older, but they just reset the market. We have Chris Kirk. Christian Kirk just got $18 million a year. A dude who's a wide receiver three at best. In his best season ever, it was a wide receiver three. got $18 million. You think DK is going to come here and say, yeah, I'll take $22 million. I'm okay with that. No, he's going to want $25 or $26 million a year. That's what he's going to want. And I don't know about you. I don't feel comfortable paying DK $25 million a year. He's good, but no thanks. Damn, so, but playing devil advocate, Tyreek is going to be 30. DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, and all those guys you were talking about there uh, in their uh, early 20s. So signing yeah. them to those type of contracts would be different than signing Tyreek to a contract at 30, right? It definitely would be, but that's the, com the age is the commodity here. Teams want that age. They want the, the and, and, and not in Tyreek Kill and uh, Devontae Adams' case, because when you're a top two receivers in the NFL, Teams tend to look left when you're about 30, 30 plus. But when you're younger, they look, we say, we get these young guys tied in. The next year, 2023, is that quarterback draft. Maybe we're not great this year. We take a quarterback, then we have that five-year window attached to a young receiver. Why would I want to sacrifice that? If we think there's a window, most Every single NFL team thinks they have a window. No matter how bad they are, they think they have that window. So that's that's how I view it. All right, so um, I'm going to go to the comments here. Um, so far, Looney had a question for you, Dan. He said, how do you like Cam Taylor-Britt, the cornerback out in Nebraska? He's one of those physical dudes that you're probably going to get on day three. I would be willing to bet a large sum of money that Brett Beach has that guy circled on his like fourth round, fifth round type spot. His stock's been going up a little bit, so we're talking probably another fourth round pick. As we all know, Brett Beach does not care about drafting a cornerback in the first round. He doesn't want to. He's never shown the ability to want to or care for that matter, and that irritates the crap out of me. Uh, but yeah, he's a day three guy, early day three, that has some of that speed, the physicality that the Chiefs want, and the way they play their safeties, he could kind of slide into that Traverius Ward role maybe in a year or two and give you that same type of production. Yeah, I want to ask you about the um, Brett Veach's um, 
you know, unwillingness to draft uh, DBs that high. I mean, is that just is that just him in general? Is that just who he is as a guy that's not going to put defensive backs as like a high priority on his list? I want you to look at the three corners that they had playing most of their snaps last year in terms of overall feel. Rashad Fenton, Traverius Ward, mm-hmm. and now, you know, Lejarius Sneed. He is so confident in his ability to scout corners, which I can't really argue with. He's got – I mean, Sneed's one of the best young corners in the NFL, and had he played corner his last season at Louisiana Tech, is probably a second-round draft pick. So he was able to find that out. He's – not only is he confident in his own ability to scout them, I think that he's confident with the pairing of this defense. You don't, you don't really need to have an elite corner to do what they're being asked to do in terms of coverage. You don't have to – be a guy who can cover all over the field. They typically want you to be good against the sideline and a man coverage, against impress and that, that kind of thing. So you can find those kind of value corners just about everywhere. And since they really do prefer length at corner, this draft is not is not a good draft for length at the corner position unless you're getting sauce, who's the I don't know. He was like made in a factory. Like they just said, we're going to give this dude size, speed, athleticism, and length. And we're just going to make him like, that's what happened. That's what he is. He's built perfectly for the position, especially a press corner position. He's built perfectly for it. And there just aren't many guys in this draft class that have over 31 inch arms. Like that's, that's the bar. And they're just not there. Like the guys that are best, Trent McDuffie, Kyler Gordon, and and, uh, Roger McCreary, these really good coverage corners are like 29 inch arms and it just it just doesn't work out in the nfl man it sucks because these guys are really really good they're really smart and they just they're not going to be a chief because they don't have long arms and unfortunately that's really required in the nfl you don't really see many all pro type corners pro bowl but type corners with sub 31 inch arms yeah and like mccreary is one of the guys that my bad boogie i'm gonna get to no, go ahead, go ahead. um you, you right mccreary was yeah, McCreary was one of my favorites too, man, because the dude just knows how to get in position. Like that Bama tape mm-hmm. was incredible. Yeah. Like, like he did a pretty good job on whoever he was covering for the most part in that game. Uh, but then, you know, somebody brought the it called him T Rex arm. He said his arms are like a T Rex, but <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that's holding him back, though, is them arms. So what about Elam out of Florida? You're not a big fan of him. He got long. I, I I like him a lot, but again, we're talking about arm length. He's what 31 on the nose, I think, maybe, maybe a little bit shorter than that. And that's that's a Brett Veach thing, at least what I've seen outside of Rashad Fenton, who I don't think doesn't have the longest arms. But they want the length. Ward and Sneed both are longer corners. I think that they'll sep- they'll suffer in that regard in terms of taking them in that that space but they feel the same way about tackle they don't want guys with sub 34 inch arms and they feel like the same way about corner they have these very strict things that they adhere to and sometimes i think it goes against their better judgment gotcha so um i want to ask you about i want to ask you about uh jermaine johnson um he's he's the guy that i want if the chiefs trade mm-hmm. up if he somehow falls to the top 15 he's a guy that I want the Chiefs to trade up because I'm sorry, I can't I can't trust Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram. I can't run that back again. I'm sorry. Um, what do you think about Jermaine Johnson as far as his impact and what he could bring to a team overall? So Jermaine Johnson's a fun study because he's got a lot of traits, but he's kind of thrown in the same bucket with Trayvon Walker. 
they don't have the ton of production. They just have athletic traits. They're long. They're strong. They can do speed to power. They have a lot of different tools at their disposal. The plan's not there. Like, I think Jermaine Johnson's a little bit further along in his plan than Trayvon Walker is. But Georgia also doesn't really have guys specialized in doing this one thing. They want them to do a lot of different things. And they ask them to not necessarily be the best that they are. For example, Jordan Davis is a guy who has a ton, in my opinion, a ton of athletic and pass rush upside. Most of the time they ask them to just be a two-gapping defensive tackle and not always go after the quarterback and try to penetrate those gaps. They wanted him to stuff those gaps and just be immovable. But if you let him be more of that, I think he can actually produce in the pass rush game. And they did the same thing with Trayvon Walker. They kicked him inside to be an inside uh, physical presence. The dude step in as a run defender immediately in the NFL, but they just didn't let him pass rush enough in specialized situations. And I think the same, like I said, the same happens for uh, some of the other players in Georgia, and they're going to continue to come out and be really good. And Jermaine Johnson, you know, transferred was, I forget where he transferred from. Maybe it was Georgia. Georgia or it was Alabama, I think. And now he's in Florida state being productive and just not to that point in terms of getting that production. But that's one of the things that we're seeing in the NFL. Now, you know, Oway last year goes to Baltimore. They, they see the length, they see the speed, they see the athleticism. They're like, I can make this work. I'm going to figure out a way to make it work. And Jermaine Johnson, even though he's got a little bit, I think he's a little bit, uh, no, about 265. That's about where the chiefs want their, their defensive end. So, He's got the length. He has all the tools. Again, it's all about the pass rush plan. He's not a consistent run defender yet either. Can't really set that edge just yet, but you're already committed to Frank Clark. So he, the one thing that Frank Clark brings is the ability to set the edge and in the run game. So you can actually have him teach him those parts and really help his game move along. So you're cuffing and trading up for Yeah. Him? I'm sorry, Del. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying, so you are confident trading up for him, right? If they're going to get somebody, I would be more comfortable with Jermaine Johnson than trying to replace Tyreek Hill. If you chase Tyreek Hill, you got some problems. But if you go and try to get a defensive end for the future in that regard, I, I like the idea of Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Boy Amafe? I'm a big fan. Yeah. I'm curious I like, to see what you've seen. I like Boy Mafe. Like, I like the player that he is. That's. He's like 24 years old, though. He's a little old, and that bothers me. Just like it's one of those things, like you have some like a, a song in your head that you can't think of, and it bothers you. This that's just one of those things that sticks in my head about him is that yeah, he is 24. He has a ton of raw attributes in the pass rush game, and he wasn't really used as a run defender at Minnesota consistently. I, I think that he has the requisite ability to be an edge defender at the NFL, all three downs. It's about finding the consistency in his game, understanding to set an edge. Like there's there's an, a defensive end out of Penn State, Arnold Debichetti, who yeah. has length, has strength. The dude just comes across with his, like say he's on the right side of the defensive formation. He's supposed to set an edge with your left shoulder. He, he takes his right shoulder and like cuts across and gets completely washed out. Like that's the kind of stuff you can't do in the NFL. You're just going to open up gaps for running backs. And that kind of stuff really bothers me. And but Mafe has the understanding and the know the know how to do a lot of things, and I think he's more advanced as a pass rusher than a Trayvon Walker, and in some regards as a Jermaine Johnson. But the run, being a run defender in the NFL, 
is even more important to some extent because you have to play those first two downs. And unless you're drafting a guy uh, to be a pass rush specialist, like at the end of the first round, I don't know yet. I want him. I like him at 30. Like that's where I would feel comfortable taking him. It's a bit of a reach, but again, he's not going to be there at 50. So that's probably right. where I, I, I'm, I'm at with that. Okay, so like um, speaking of twenty nine and thirty, um, what would be what would be your overall plan for the Chiefs? I mean, would you try to trade up to uh, get Jermaine Johnson and then maybe try to keep that pick number thirty, or do you stand packed? Or I mean, how would you go about it? So for me personally, my own my own idea of this is I want to take as many stabs in a bad draft as I can. This is not a good draft. That's that's a known commodity. Next year's draft is supposed to be better just about everywhere that the Chiefs are in need. And if you have all these picks, you got 12 picks. And what is it? They have six in the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. I want to take as many of many chances as I can. I'm going to double up on defensive end in the first three rounds. I'm probably going to – I might even double up on wide receiver. You don't know. There's going to, there's going to be a lot of guys in this draft that have a lot of different outcomes. And I think that – in the first round, at 29 and 30, you're going to get some of the guys that fall because of that, that maybe have some outcomes that you're not always comfortable with, or a wide receiver falls because someone's going to get a quarterback. We don't really know with this terrible quarterback class how many players are going to end up falling because of that. So you have, to, in my opinion, I, I would much rather take as many players in the top three rounds as I could and get as many guys to stick as you can. Yeah. So, so like, um, as far as, like, how this draft's going to go, in your eyes, like, which position do you think is going to start going first? Like, which position do you think teams are going to start reaching for before the Chiefs get to 29 and 30 if they don't trade up? It's, man, there's a, it's really kind of top-heavy and kind of falls off after that in multiple positions at corner. There is that issue at defensive end. There's that, there's a big there's a big gap between the top guys and the, the bottom the everybody else. Like there's three defensive ends I think are going to go off and then there's going to be a long wait because we don't really know what's going to happen after Jermaine Johnson, um, Thibodeau and Hutchinson go. Like, I don't really know where the next defensive end is going to go. Probably not even until the Chiefs pick, maybe a little bit before. The Patriots are always a team to end up doing that too, just to take a defensive end at 21 because they don't care about anything besides defense. Uh, but Man, this is it's really hard to predict the the runs that are going to end up happening. I do think it's going to end up being wide receiver being the most selected position in the first round. I think upwards of six receivers are going to end up going, maybe seven, depending on the, the run. And I think right before if the Chiefs end up staying at 29, the wide receivers are gonna are gonna start getting picked off there in the 20s. That's where they're gonna start going. That's what I, I see happening. Got you. All right. Speaking of receivers, man, I want to ask you about a sleeper that you mentioned. Um, you had mentioned this guy, Jalen Tolbert. Now, I remember a tweet like back on April the 5th, a few days ago. You said, why take Christian Watson in the first when you can take Jalen Tolbert in the third, who is better? So yeah. I want to hear your opinion about Jalen Tolbert and why you think he's be- a better prospect than Christian Watson in this draft. Watson's getting a lot of hype around Chiefs Kingdom and yeah. basically everywhere. So. so- Christian Watson is is that uh, that Maserati you see like at the store. You don't have enough money to afford it, but you really really want it, and it's out of your price range. Like Christian Watson is a dude who's got zero ability to play the position right now. He doesn't know how to play wide receiver. He's a you get the ball in his hands and hope he makes something happen at the NFL level. That's what you're you're hoping. 
this is the the biggest box that could have the, really the biggest upside in the draft depending on his development that's a big risk to take i'm not i'm not doing them in the first round like i would take him at, at 50 at the earliest the earliest and i bet you he goes before that but jalen tobert not only has deep speed as well I think he's got some suddenness to him. I think he understands the route tree much better than than Christian Watson does. He can break guys off downfield. He can break them off over the middle. And while he does have some issues with contact, I won't make any bones about that. He's not the best guy when contact comes to him and catch point and things like that. And I think, still think he's a better deep ball uh, tracker than Christian Watson is. So, I'm not entirely sure where Joel, where Tolbert's going to go in this draft. It's probably early third at, at that point. And, it, and if you're talking about moving up, you could go up in the third round to get him if need be. But he's a guy that I think is going to have a much better impact on a team early in his career because he just he kind of understands how to get open and play against corners in a little bit more aspect than Christian Watson is, who's asked to run 50,000 curl routes at NDSU. Yeah, NDSU, they was um they was committed to the run a little more too, yeah. as far as their offense is concerned. So so you saying like um Christian Watson could end up being more like a Chris Conley than than maybe like a future all pro or pro bowl type talent in the right system? No, I don't think that that's what they would do with Christian Watson. They would just get him the ball. Like that's not Chris Conley isn't a guy you just say, hey, go just get him the ball. Let him make something happen. The Chiefs turned a guy who could have been a 50-50 specialist into a possession receiver. Uh, but I think that Christian Watson could be more of an early off gadget player in the NFL. You just find ways to get him the ball, much like Tyreek was early in his career when he was learning those those routes. They used his speed in multiple different ways. They just found ways to get him the ball and make things happen. So that's more of what I see to Watson in that point the work ethic to understand the route tree, to know your own physical limitations and to really get better and constantly work at that is something Tyreek Hill had. And I don't know if Christian Watson has that. So we got to find a way to change up bio from the next Debo Samuel, next Debo Samuel is Kadarius Tony to the next Debo Samuel is <laughs> Christian Watson. <laughs> got to find a way to change that. You know, I was just saying something spicy. That's all. I, that's all I was trying to do, man. I think Kadarius Tony is one of those dudes that you just, just a jitterbug. Just he just gets open. He creates separation, and he just he's just this dude that he's like the Energizer Bunny, man. He just he's always moving, and he just you can't get your hands on him. That's the only reason I made that comparison in my Twitter profile. Yeah, I, hey, I found that pretty funny. Hey Dan, you know you know my favorite player is uh, George Pickens. Um, is he starting to creep? He's starting to creep into those those, like you said, the, the late twenties is going to be that the early twenties going to be that run on wide receiver. He's starting to creep up into that that era. Would you move up for him? Or I think because the Packers scare me, and I, <laughs> I think I think they want Pickens, and 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 they need exactly what we need too. So they just really scare me. Would you try to jump them? So that's why the Chiefs had him in on their top, one of their top 30 visits, in my opinion, is just check out how he's doing medically wise. Because they're confident. I'm confident. A lot of people are confident in his talent. The talent can only be as good as the player can make it happen. Like if he, he didn't play very much last year. And when he did, it didn't look the same as it did even, you know, 
his freshman year was really the year that he broke out. And then he had some struggles in his sophomore year, and then he got hurt. So if you're confident in the medicals, then yeah, I think you probably go get him above the Packers. But again, this depends all on how the wide receiver board falls. If I'm wrong and the receivers don't start going off, then you can probably wait a little bit, see what ends up happening, and then move up if you if you need to do so. But Pickens is probably going to be a guy that goes in the first round. I think the dream at 50 is dead. And if they're lucky, um, the Packers won't take him at 22. But if you feel the need to go get a guy, I don't have any issues betting on George Pickens. I'll just say that. Um, you, and, and we talked about names. They they brought in the guy for a visit, uh, Eric. I'm not going to even try to pr- pronounce his last name. <laughs> but he, he looks interesting. In that. Who's your, um, who's your late round gems? Uh, a guy that he's good. He probably don't have a lot of tape, but you know he got the the potentials there. Let me pull up all my my players here if I have any sleepers down here. I mean, when we're getting down to the like the the day three guys, I'm not hugely into that part yet. I still had to do this year. I got tasked with offensive weapons, tight ends, running backs, and wide receivers. So I've been like trying to get all of the top. Three round guys, I think they're going to go in there. Um, but I know that Ryan, <laughs> that Ryan Trace is a big fan of Jarrett Stearns in the later rounds. I'm not there yet with him. I just don't see out of Western Kentucky, by the way, if you guys didn't know. Um, I just don't see it there with him. I think Romeo Dubs out of Nevada can be one of those probably later rounds. I think he's fallen quite a bit. Draft Twitter seems to be higher on him than I think the NFL will be. But he's one of the bigger body types, like six foot and above that has some deep ball attributes. I think he can be a seal in the late rounds. He does have some, some speed. He has got some consistency issues with the deep ball. Like he doesn't track it all the way, which is some of the problems you're going to find with the smaller school guys. Uh, that's just kind of how it works out. But Dobbs can, or Dobbs or however you say his last name specifically, he can create some separation. He's not the best after the catch. And that's something else that I, um, that I've noted on his tape it's got some work in progress. He has some attributes that would make him a guy that can create some separation and create after the catch. It's all about developing that hip movement, your hip flexion, your ankle flexion, being able to anticipate where the defenders are coming from. That's why you see George Pickens, you know, all over the timeline, he can kind of see where they're coming. Like Travis Kelsey does. He knows where everybody is, everybody at all times. And he can find ways to get around, even though he's not a yak guy, he just finds ways. Pickens is like that in a sense where he can see like use his peripheral vision and use the flexibility he has in his legs, his hips, and his ankles to just get out of people's way and create yak that way. I think Dobbs has some of that, but it's all about refining it. So he's a guy I do like on day three that has some possible upside. Who's your so you, you're doing tight ends? What tight ends you like? You like Likely, uh, Ricker, Ricker? Yeah. Is that how you Man, I, I have Isaiah Likely as my tight end one right now. Like, I really like what he could bring in an offense like this, like what Travis Kelsey does. He doesn't have to be the best blocker, but he has a lot of athletic traits that I I value, and I think that he can actually play downfield. A lot of these tight ends can't do that, and most of them are big, big bodies that don't have the consistency to play downfield. I think Likely can do that. Hey, Dan, before we got Justin Reed, we were seeing a lot of mock drafts get, uh, us yeah. drafting Daxton. Mm-hmm. You said we don't draft corners. Do you think they it's still possible they grab him? He can play in the slot? 
Right now, I don't see that as a possibility because of the way that the NFL values slot corners. Um, he's going to be pegged as a slot slash safety, uh, depending on how teams view him. If you're they view him as a safety, it might bump him up a little bit. But if most of the teams view him as a slot corner, I think you could actually target him in the second because I think he's probably going to drop, even though I personally think he's one of the top 20 players in this draft. Um, if you see a team that targets him as a safety, then he probably goes at the end of the first um, in that 25 to wherever the Chiefs are. Maybe that's somewhere the Chiefs trade back if someone's trying to get him. But um, if you value him, if the Chiefs value him as a third safety slash safety uh, slash corner, excuse me, maybe he goes at 30. It's depending on the board. That's It's definitely within the realm of outcomes, I think. Well, Dan, like right before we let you go, man, I know you pressed on time and everything. Um, name one guy that somebody's going to reach on and that's just not going to live up to their potential in this draft class. George Karloftis. He is going to be that dude that somebody I, – I pray. <laughs> I pray he goes in the top 20. I do not want to see Spags like – somewhere in the draft room, like calling or out of the draft room, calling Brett Veach saying, dude, this is my guy. He's got the arms. He's got the power. I feel like this is a Spags pick if he would be anywhere near the Chiefs. And I don't I don't see him being able to produce consistently in the NFL. Uh, he's like right now Frank Clark. I think that's his, his within the realm of outcomes. Not even the – maybe the pre-Kansas City Frank Clark is possible for him. And even that's a stretch. I'm not taking him in the first round. I think he's got the most, some of the most bust potential in this draft class, especially for he's being talked about being drafted. My guy, I'm glad you said that because uh, Carlathis, I did not like the film on him myself. I've seen comparisons of him being compared to Ryan Kerrigan. And then like, there was like in the big games, in the big games specifically, he didn't make much of an impact. Uh, he was getting blocked easily like against, um, let's say, Ohio State, for example. You know what I mean? I didn't really see him make an impact in those games for real. So, Garlathis, yeah, I definitely want him to get overdrafted. I don't want the Chiefs near that guy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I feel you. He's better than Bo Callahan. Didn't nobody come to his birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> you and his draft day, man. That's your favorite movie. Yeah, right? I watched it again the other day. <laughs> just, just go get all the picks. I mean, why not? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yo, so uh, we got to let Dan go. Dan Dan got prior commitments. Uh, hey, man, we appreciate you and uh, the knowledge. And please put in a good word for Ryan Tracy for me. He's supposed to come <laughs> in after the draft. I'm trying to make it happen. I know he's a busy man, but uh, keep doing your thing, time, man. So I will do keep what doing- I can. Keep yeah, doing the twitches, him. man. Your twitches yeah. are amazing. Yeah, thank you. This film breakdowns and beauty. Uh, what's your Twitch, Dan? So people can go to your. Yeah, well, I just basically what I do on Twitch is I just watch players like that. It's a lot of guys in my first time watching them, so you're seeing them as I'm seeing them, and that's something I think can be valuable for a lot of people, especially if you're learning how to to watch film and what to look for. You guys can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash in harm's way 19 and all of the film reviews that I've done are already they're locked and loaded ready to go so you can just go watch everything I've done to this point for sure yeah go check that out man Dan does an uh, uh, amazing job and, and, and Dan's a good guy we're gonna try to check in with you after the draft too uh, we gotta no definitely get your uh, opinion on what we did one of these days one two or three yeah. one of those days so we'll definitely have we a go 
thank you guys for having me on. I really do appreciate Thanks, it. Man. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, if if you haven't if you haven't seen Dan on Twitch, he goes through film and breakdowns and all that good stuff, man. It's, he he does Dan is Dan is awesome for real. So he <laughs> He named that dude quick, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a great Twitter follow, too, if you're not Yeah, yeah. In harm's sure way. In harm's way. Yep. That's in harm's way, 19. At in harm's way, 19. Yeah. So. yeah. And Dan was one of the early guys that gave us a shot when we were, like, 10 subscribers then. <laughs> so. 10 subscribers. <laughs> so... Okay, everybody knows my my draft crush is uh, George Pickens. Who's your draft crush around the room? Uh, I really like Boye Mafe or um, I like I George Pickens. I didn't know he was that like, old. I didn't know he was, I didn't know he was that old either. <laughs> I didn't either. I was like, oh, well, I still really like him. Um, but yeah, 24, 24 is a little older than I thought, but I like him, and I like George Pickens, and I also like uh, Traylon Burks. So, I'm at. I don't Traylon. think my ideal first would be them being able to take an edge and a wide receiver back to back without having to trade up. But if they can trade up and not lose a first, like he was saying, um, that would also be great. But an edge and a wide receiver, I would be really happy. Yeah, Traylon's a monster. I like that. Yeah. I wanted to get his input. I don't know what you guys think on him. What you got, Book? Well, y'all, y'all kind of spoiled me with Jameson. I, 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 I love him, so that would be perfect. But McCrary, I like Elam, uh, Daxton. We can get any of those type of players. I, I would be happy. Stop it, Kevin. Stop it. <laughs> oh, Kevin, here. Kevin. I need oh, to see this movie. Dog. I've not even I, seen I this movie. Seen Wait, Tom. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, hold on, oh, hold on, hold on. Y'all two haven't seen that movie? Y'all no. haven't seen Draft Day yet? Come on, guys. Oh, no. Y'all got to y'all got to know. Yeah. No. Yeah, we got to watch Draft Day. That's your homework. Hold on. Isn't Kevin Costner in it? It's Kevin Costner. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen what uh, is it on the service or what? What is on HBO? What? Yeah, Where's it's on IDMB television. <laughs> I got the DVD oh, though. Man. If you need to borrow the DVD, or I, I got the hookup. I got the hookup if y'all need it after the show. So I got that. Okay, if y'all need All it. Right. So yeah. Whoa, 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 right. Jeff, hey, hold on, man. Don't do that, man. Why do we? <laughs> we almost went a whole episode without even mentioning it. You can't help it. We could. You gotta get that in there. <laughs> Who who's the drive crush, Chuck? All right. Um, it's probably between Jermaine Johnson and um like Boogie said, Jameson Williams. That was probably that was probably the main two right there. But I definitely but, want right, that edge though. Yeah. My, my I kinda I, I I'm I'm with Kylie, man. I think we need to come Away with a wide receiver and the edge in that first round, um, and then we we need corners. I would double down on edge in them first three rounds. Yeah. I would get at least two edges, at least two corners. I ain't, uh, I don't want a running back. I don't oh want gosh. a running back in the second or the third. I don't, I don't even want a running back. 
if we said it running back now, man. Yeah, I think we cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I see a lot of people like Bryce Hall, a lot of people like uh, the kid from Missouri, uh, if we get a running back in the first three rounds, Chiefs Kingdom will erupt. Claude was just practicing with Mahomes, man. I think we want him. We think less of him than the coaching staff. I think they still like him. And like mm-hmm. I said, I got Rojo. I don't, I don't think they think of Rojo. Okay, so. And we brought back Gore, right? Did yeah. I see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we, we did. So we're good. We did. We're good. Okay, McCall Hartman. Mm-mm. <laughs> I, I, okay, out of a pure oh. fan, out of pure fan's perspective, McCall, we just want to see you working out with Mahomes. We we just want to see it. I think if people just see it, they will let it go. But at the same time, like Boogie always say, playing devil's advocate, he doesn't have to. This isn't mandatory. It's, it's not in his contract that he has to work out with Bobby and 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 Mahomes and stuff. It just looks kind of bad when Cornell, MVS. Juju, Clyde, Dieter, yeah. who's not going to make the team. All these people are there, and we kind of just if, – if you could just show up for three days. This is public yeah. service announcement. These are my thoughts and my thoughts only. McCole Hartman, if you just show up <laughs> for three days, six hours, two hours a day, three days, I think the whole fan base will leave you alone. And they'd be like, oh, McCole, he's, he's rah-rah for the team. That's all it got to be, bro. And then yeah. we – I got in trouble it's earlier not, this week. Gonna it's, it's, it's not going to die until he does it, bro. It's not going to die. I posted something earlier this week about this, and I had people all in my mentions upset with me. They were like, they deserve some time off. And I'm let me just clarify – Yes, the players do deserve time off. But my thing is, the chemistry wasn't there last season. They felt like they were off a lot. So knowing, or I haven't seen him practicing with Mahomes in previous off seasons. So I just think this is a good opportunity to be working on the chemistry, even just running routes. I know that there's not going to be anyone there in their face, but like working, communicating, like building that bond and that relationship and that like, I got you, got I got you. Like that's what I want to see. I he can have some time off. <laughs> I definitely agree with you with the chemistry, but like you said, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. You know, athletes have their own what they do in the off season. He improved last year. He wasn't with Mahomes. He he took a step yeah. last year. People don't want to give him credit, but he did take a step. So who's to say he won't take another step this year, doing the same thing he did last year? And 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 the to further that point, he is working out in Florida. It's not like he's just laying around. Right. He does work out with a guy in Florida. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's, – We it's, still want to see it, man. It's, yeah. the photo op. it's for the photo op. We just want to see you in there working with mom. That's it, bro. It's it's nothing against you. I'm not going to feel slighted because you know what McCall doesn't do? He doesn't skip OTAs. He doesn't right. skip minicamp. He doesn't skip anything that he's supposed to be. He's not big time and all that. He's there. 
every day. So we got to give them that. But at, from a fan perspective, we just want to see you at the chasing around, trying to grab flags with with the backup quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this, though. It's like know. this, though. Like, um, you know, and, and like just based on how McCole finished out the season, we want to see him carry that momentum into next season. And I think him working out Mahomes would help him in that regard. <coughs> you know, that's 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 basically one of the main reasons why we want to see him working out with Mahomes in the off season. I'm not saying you gotta be like we all saying. I'm not saying you gotta be out there every day with him like that, but just a few days, just a few days for one week. That's all we ask, bro. That's see, it. see, see, but DJ. I'll, DJ took it there. I, I don't think it's that deep, bro. I don't. I don't think it's that deep. But here's something I was thinking of too. Man, he ain't got, man. Look, McCole's already solidifying his job, man. I don't. I think. But, I think, bro, I think bro, DJ's reaching. Who who has the most snaps with Mahomes at 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 this current roster? Who has McCole. the most chemistry with Mahomes right now? McCole. McCole. It's McCole. Yep. by by miles. You know what I'm saying? So, because I, I, I was, yeah. I, I want him there too. And I was kind of being selfish about it. And then I'm thinking, like, well, Juju need, need that more than McCall do. MVS needs, they need this. You know what I'm saying? More than McCall do. And I'm, I'm going to be so, honest. I, I don't think McCall's going to stay with the Chiefs after this year. I, I don't me, think they I, plan on signing him long term. So I can't really? he had, takes that next step, he's like a thousand yard receiver. He's going to get a bag somewhere else, man. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, but <laughs> he stepped up at, towards the end of the year. McCall was one of our best players, man. We can't, we can't keep doing that, man. But he did get benched. He got what, like hardly any snaps towards the middle end of the season. Yep. And he had to come out and prove himself again. And I think for me, it's just, and there's a long off season. But Tyreek's gone. Like, this is a chance for you to step up into that role. But I think either way, he's definitely progressing. But there's a pretty big opportunity here to fill some shoes. Yeah, like, and, like, Dorian, I want to I want to address that. Like, after he – but even though he got benched, after the benching, he stepped up tremendously. Like, he got on his stuff. You know what I mean? So, we, we just – but, like, I'm just saying, like, in, his, in the contract year – I think you would want to try to do everything possible to to continue to improve your craft so you can actually get that bad. You know what I mean? Whether it's uh, with the Chiefs or somebody else. Do you think McCall is a trade candidate now? I mean, it wouldn't shock me. I don't think so. <laughs> would you be shocked? I'd be a little surprised if McCall got traded. I would. I would be a little surprised. I would be a little surprised. Because why trade him right I would now? Be surprised. Just let him go and get a comp pick next year. Like, yeah. I, I just think like, like, I, like, I, like we said earlier, the the wide receiver room they're building now is much bigger, more physical, more quick guys. Does McCall fit that profile? You know what I'm saying? He, he brings something that nobody else there brings, though. And and that's the and that's the other point. You feel me? Like he he brings something to the table that ain't nobody else gonna bring. He's still fast. Like are you know what I'm like, better than McCall? 
McCall is why is McCall Harmon still like so device? And why is he he's still like a factor like that? Like you either hate McCall or you love him. It's like no in between. No, I would say that I don't want I want to like McCall, but I need to see more from McCall. Like it's not that I think he's a bad dude or he doesn't have potential. I just want to see him apply that potential and I don't I, he did get better in the second half of last season, but I felt like he just kept hitting the same walls. I'm like, why are we doing the same things we've been doing? So I just didn't see much progression. So hopefully this season we see more progression. That's the difference between me and you, Callie, is I think you your expectations is a little higher than mine. Like, I don't have Probably. the expectations for him to – I think he's going to continue to get better, but I'm not thinking he's about to be like a Tyreek Hill here. No. Like, I think he's a little bit under a 1,000 yards at his best type of receiver. Still a gadget yeah. type receiver, but still he just improved a little bit. I, I never think he's just going to be like that number one receiver that you just get 10 to 15 catches a game. I, I don't think that's him. Well, so if he can it, get us six to 800 yards, to me, Which he did. Yeah. If you look at him as a wide receiver three – he don't disappoint you at all. <laughs> if you look at him properly, right. if you're looking at him as a one, you're looking at him in the wrong way. That's he's not a right. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a two. If you look at him as a three, he actually exceeds your expectations if you look at him in the proper context of what he is. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, and it's like, uh, like and 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 Stop comparing him to DK Metcalf. There, DK Metcalf, what he does in Seattle is totally different from what McCall was asked to do in Kansas City. It's not the same, bro. Like, Metcalf is a receiver number one. That's yeah, not yeah. yeah. Okay, right. But do do we all agree? Do we all agree that um the pick should have been DK Metcalf instead, or or Terry McClure? You know, Terry McClure wasn't really talked about. I don't think we could argue that no more, Chuck. Well, I don't think we ever could. I'm right. Yeah, you you gotta let that go. He's not gonna be DK. He's not gonna be Terry. He's not really asked to be that where he is either. I don't you think he's gonna be. Yeah. Right. I'll, okay. Well, that's I'll, a different I'll, conversation I'll, right there. Yeah, I don't think he was ever like a. I don't think I ever saw a wide receiver one type potential no. with McCall ever. Oh. Right. So, like, here's my thing too is. I feel like Andy and the coaching staff weren't really putting McColl in situations to win, and they started using him differently towards the end of the season, and he started producing more. So maybe it's just about using him in the right ways and looking at him as a wide receiver three from the coaching's perspective as well, because maybe they weren't. They were, like, really pushing for that wide receiver too. And remember, we we said a couple times this season, Mahomes missed McColl. I, that goes back mm-hmm. to our main point. That's why I feel like I would be happy if he did practice with Mahomes because a lot of times he was wide open and uh, Mahomes missed him, man, in that uh, playoff game too. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you on that. So, like, so with that being said, um, McCall's come off a, a slightly under 700-yard season. I mean, where do you guys project the map for his contract year? I mean, where do you guys see him, end him up, seeing him ending uh-huh. up? I don't know, but we did bold prediction show last year, and he pretty much matched what we wanted him to do. 
So, I mean, what, what would you – he's still not a number one. Right. He, Juju, MBS, then McCall. He's just yeah. he's still your third, your, your wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. So between what book you been saying between six fifty and eight fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you also you got to think about the. <clears throat> I mean, Tyreek won't be getting those snaps though, or those mm-hmm. those. It's targets. a lot of snaps. So these, it's a lot of yeah, yeah. A lot of targets. So, yeah. A lot of targets. What a hundred twenty targets now. And what was that Robinson too? I think. I seen something that said Tyreek and Robinson was like thirty percent of of the snap. Tyreek, yeah, Tyreek uh, D. Rob, Pringle. Yeah, that's a lot of snaps. Yeah, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. Because Tyreek had one hundred forty three targets this past that's, season, so that's a that's a huge workload. Yeah, Juju hitting all them incentives, man. He held, <laughs> he hitting all of. Them. They might have to re-sign Juju week nine. <laughs> Go ahead and lock him up for that extension, you know. <laughs> you know what we haven't talked about? Orlando Brown. You think that gets done before the season? Later. You said before the season? Yeah. Um, You would think. I'll, I'll say after the draft, they'll get to a point. What you think, Kyler? Uh, I would say probably like right before training camp, maybe a little late July thing happened, early July, possibly. But it also depends on the draft. I don't know. There's so many moving parts right now. <laughs> if we don't, I'm gonna be disappointed because I'm already, I already told y'all. To me, even though I like Orlando Brown, we could have let him go and drafted a left tackle and kept Tyree. So to me, you gave up too much capital. And you didn't lost Tyreek. You gotta keep Orlando Brown, man. So do you think we draft? Do you think we draft we draft a left tackle? Like late? No. <laughs> they better not draft no left tackle. I don't, but to me, Kali, if you do that, then you gotta trade Orlando Brown. Right. I've just I've seen it floated around. People saying, like, oh, we could draft a tackle. And don't forget, yeah, no. he's also his own agent too. So, he, he? yeah, he's representing himself. I think. Does he have I an agent? I don't think he has an agent. He is. So, he got, he represent, he's representing himself. He's got like an advisor on the side. You know what I mean? But he, he represents himself really. So, I think it'll get done. Uh, we can get some more cap space in here. Maybe we can get Gilmore to come on in. Boogie, man, if you don't call Gilmore and tell him to come down on this price, man, what's wrong with you? I think I'm on the block list now. I've been calling them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Please. You think we'll see anything like that happen after the draft? I think. No. Since I feel like. It's, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I um, I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But, but you know what? You know what never fails after the draft. There's gonna be some people come available that they weren't gonna be available before. Mm-hmm. So it happens every year. I think as far as the James Bradbury thing, like they might not trade, but New York might be in a position where they don't have no choice but to cut it because they need the money. Bra- that Bradbury, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, probably did too. You know what I'm saying? So. 
Yeah, Who knows? Jeffrey, Who knows? Jeffrey, Ch- Jeffrey Chahita shot it down early in the week saying um, the Chiefs, they're not in serious talks so, to acquire Bradbury all of a sudden. But I think the Chiefs were looking into it. But I guess the difference in, like, money and, you know, capital as far as, like, in a trade, um, I guess I'm thinking both sides didn't agree. I think that's what happened with that situation. So. The, the Chiefs well, are interested in man, but I, I, I yeah. don't know if it was serious interest, man. I don't. I mean, the severity, the, the seriousness of it, I mean, it's probably, it was probably low, but I think they did, like, explore it. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, 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 um, we, we say where there's smoke, there's fire, but we, there are smoke screens during the draft. Do you think the whole trading up for a wide receiver is a bit of a smoke screen, or you think it's fire there? I mean, I think it it could be, but this wide receiver class, I don't know. This wide receiver class is pretty deep. Um, I don't know. It might be. We'll see. It just depends on what's. It just depends on how the draft's going to go. Like as we get closer, we will get with we'll no like a little little bit in regards to these teams that are drafted like in the top 10 or top 15 as far as like uh, they... I see I see our old friend from the Bengals is here <laughs> yeah What's he, up, he, lo- he, he, love, he loves nah. us man I know us, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean because you know it's it's cool I think it's fire though bro I, I do think it could be so far because like I said Beach all offseason, we heard he wants to be aggressive and get a veteran receiver. Like we, I said with Dan, Valdez, that contract is really not a long-term contract. Right. Not you don't see the numbers. That's what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. really, next year, we don't have one receiver under contract for real out of our top three or four receivers. So, why would they not go get a receiver that's going to be here long-term? To me, it, it, I think it's some fire. No, I don't. I don't think we're not gonna get a. I think we're gonna get. I actually think we're gonna get a couple wide receivers. I'm talking about the the part of trading up to get them. Like I don't. I know Beast don't like using all his draft picks, but we got twelve. I would use eight. I would use eight. Do we have Are you eight spots on this roster? The Do we have spots on this roster? Yeah. Uh, you said with 12 spots? He said eight, right? I said eight oh, out of the 12. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, we're not going to use our 12 draft picks. Let's be real. I'm no, gonna, we're not going to use some our Some of those are definitely getting moved for sure. I, I would do my trading up Ooh. in a second. <laughs> my voice. He said if James wins in past 10, I'm <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you, bro. I I won't be mad at all. <laughs> well, do you have concerns about not have like if we to trade both our picks up and we get a wide receiver about whoa, getting an whoa, edge? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. Both of them? Nah, both picks. Nah, I don't want to. If you no. bun no, that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying some I heard women go bundling um and then you get up. Then you get a wide receiver, but then you know you're not able to draft an edge in the first. I, I just don't want to trade up and I don't know trade away in the first round. Yeah, right. Okay, so, so the second or third, cool, but two first round picks, no, right? I'm not saying that. 
This is what I think. We need two first-round picks. Yeah. Because we need those five-year options on at least two of these guys. Yeah. So, nah, we need two first-round picks. I would not trade both of my first to get – no, it's nobody – Nobody that expensive in the draft for me. Uh, even yeah. even people I like, I wouldn't do that. The cost control is too important, man. It's way too important, especially mm-hmm. at this time. Right. So um, so yeah, let's um let's go ahead and move to some um I guess some pop culture to close this show out. Um before before I get into that, um I guess you gotta shout out the Kansas Jayhawks. They had their little parade today, so yeah. I went down there last night. Saw my boy, the World Chief, perform the concert. So shout out to the World Chief. He put on a good show last night. Yep. I know. I know, Kylie. I know it's tough, Kylie. But your boys be back. Hey, I congratulated. I congratulated y'all. That's all you got from me. I I said what I needed to say. See this trade boogie? No, I wouldn't do that. Mm -mm. That's That's too too much. much. Yeah, that's way too much. I would do that. <laughs> oh, I would do that. Why? We still gonna have. We still gonna have. That's only one first round pick, and that was what our second. We still got a yeah. second and another first. Okay. So who though? Who would you get? Would you get a wide receiver or an edge for that fifteen? Wait, hold on, hold on. Missouri. The Chiefs are a Missouri team. Not a Kansas team. Yeah, don't go come talk trash. We do your research, bro. Got to do your research, bro. Come on, man. Got to do your research. You can't be the sports voice and not know that, bro. Google. Google is your friend, bro. <laughs> Word. <laughs> yeah, I I delete to that proposal. Um, I delete to that after the show. See if it's really good or not. But we'll see, man. But yeah, um, I want to. I want to talk to y'all about this, about Will Smith and Chris Rock, man. Okay. Everybody oh, saw the, all right. Everybody, everybody saw the slap at the Oscars and everything, and then Will Smith got a 10-year ban. From see, I'm about Academy. to block his ass, see? Block him. Block him. That's yeah. It. Get him out of here. Yeah. Yeah, get him out. <laughs> That's yeah, sport much. You got to get blocked, Phil. You crossed the nah. line now, bro. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Two different worlds, guys. Definitely not the same thing. But um, do y'all think Will Smith? Do y'all think his punishment was way too harsh? Ten years? Do you think ten years is too much for a slap? <laughs> hey, hey, man, look, I'm a Will Smith fan, bro. But it's open season on Will Smith, bro. It's open season. <laughs> Will Smith been running Hollywood for about 25 years. He's been the man. Mm-hmm. Now they've seen the moment of weakness. Now they're going to try to tear him down. It's, are you going to ride with Will Smith or are you not? Because when Will Smith pop up in the Tyler Perry movie, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to oh, hear man. it. Oh, man. They, they, they done put it down. They, they, they put it down. It's open season on Will Smith, bro. It is. And I blame oh, Jay. I blame Jay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I, I, I want to see that. You, I, you, I don't that, think man. you can. Um, I don't think you can cancel Baby Will Smith. Can. I don't think you can cancel him, but I think they' trying to hurt his career, bro. They they trying so, to kill. Him. Well, he's okay. banned. They have to set an example. They can't just be like, "Yeah, come on, everyone can just start slapping people." 
Like they gotta have some repercussion. <laughs> Otherwise, next year it'll just be like <laughs> people trying to get on their aggression. Will Smith been uh, famous since ninety two, right? Ninety yeah, ninety two. Ninety two. Been famous since the nineties. Yeah, first was Miller was in the nineties. Come on. 89. Just being disrespectful, like so not respecting the man's privacy or anything, yo. She um she milking the hell out of this, yo. Cause remember, there was another angle. Like after the slap, she laughed. Evil. Yo. She laughed herself. <laughs> like right. She, she definitely I'm, I'm standing with my Libra will, man. I'm I'm, I'm standing with will. Man. I support will too. Game, man. I support will too. Me too. Well, okay, okay. Let's break it down. The joke. The joke was bad. Maybe it wasn't funny, but it wasn't that. It, it it wasn't enough to cause that reaction. That was light. I'm sorry, but that, that was, was light to me, man. That was light, and he didn't got worse than that. He got worse than that on the red carpet earlier that night when the uh, dude was talking about the entanglements and all that stuff. That was loud. She laughed at that. Right, right. Now he he talk about GI Jane. Most people that's under 30 don't even know what G.I. Jane, Jane is. They don't yeah. remember the movie. They don't know who was in it. That was only a... Bro, that wasn't that bad, bro. It wasn't that bad. Okay, right. now you slapped him. Don't keep my wife's name out your mouth. He didn't... Man, well, I'm thing. sorry. <laughs> I, I can't say what I want to say because this is a good show. But... Will Smith, it's open like, season on Will Smith, bro. It's, it's open season on Will Smith. If you've been jealous of a dream, huh? I'm sorry. It just doesn't feel real. Like, the whole thing is still crazy to me. Like, I try to, like, think about it, and you're right. It is open season because he slapped him at the Oscars on stage. Like, the thoughts that I had to go through his head to get to that point – like it's crazy, and I do support Will Smith. I'm. It's just I'm. I still can't believe it happened. I'm sorry. It's not funny. I thought it was fake at first, and then it wasn't real till he sat down, and then he was yelling. Then it was like, oh, okay, that wasn't fake. And Chris Rock was like, "Bro, like you ain't supposed to do that, bro. You." That's why Chris Rock ain't saying nothing. He know what they about to do to Will Smith. They about to drag Will Smith, bro. They about to drag him. Tell yeah, me. Yeah, man. And like Will and like and Will's had projects on hold now. Uh Netflix done held some projects. Um, I know somebody else done held some projects bro, from Will Smith. Now. It's open season on Will Smith, man. Will Smith been famous for over 30 years, bro. Everybody hey. gets dragged. You know how they did Tiger Woods? They love Tiger Woods, do they so yeah. drug his ass through the mud when he messed up, though, didn't they? Yeah. They about but, to drag yeah. Will, bro. Yeah, you can't just leave like, Jada, bro. She got too much information. Man, you think oh, this, bad? Listen, dog. You think that's why she's holding them hostage with info? 
Uh, like you don't think oh, he could leave on. if he wanted to? Come on, Kali. <laughs> here's my here's the thing. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. Like with, with Holly with Hollywood, man, like we know how some of these cats be getting these roles too, man. Like we ain't gotta go in depth and all that and everything with it. But at the end of the day, man, it's just a bump in the road for Will Smith. I mean, he'll bounce back, but if Jada if Jada don't want to sign the papers to get divorced, fine. Just just kick her out or leave the house in general. You got enough money to Shut get up. another crib, fam. Are you? You got enough money to get bro. another crib, bro. Like, just bro. kick her out. Bro, like, bro, you keeping this devilish woman they around? Are, you, you keeping this devilish woman around is gonna make things worse, fam. She got too much information, bro. Bro, she who cares at this point? Dog, dog. August Alcina just signed a a six figure book deal, dude. Reveal all this information about her, Chuck. him, and Jada having a little entanglement, dog. Like, Chuck. look, you ain't got nothing. It, what more you and got she to did, at this point? And she did that while they was together. What you think she gonna do when he asked for a divorce? They right. wasn't together, man. Exactly. What? They was in they an open, open marriage. relationship. Yeah. Right. So you think she did that during the open relationship? What's she gonna do when he tried to divorce her? She gonna tell everything. Bro, do not even yeah. matter at this point. Will Will can tell his side of the story too. If I was Will, I would play victim. I mean, I'm under emotional distress. My wife crazy. She's still in love with a dead man. What am I supposed to do with this? At the end of the day, oh, he didn't far, choose. He, uh, at the end of the day, oh my god, <laughs> man, listen, dog. That's what's affecting this thing too. She still got Jada. She still got Tupac on her mind too. So, bro, and, and bro, think about it. When Minister Society came out. Jada was on top of the world, bro. Jada ain't been on top of the world in about 15 years. I don't know about top of the world, but yeah. I No, I'm saying in, a, in Black Hollywood, she was doing different world, Minister Society, shut it off. He just ain't she a new girl's trip about to come out. There's a new one. She wasn't even a star of that. Tiffany Haddish, that was Tiffany Haddish movie. But we know throughout Jada Pickett's career, she's been playing these hoochie mama roles for the most part. I mean, that's her. <laughs> that's her in real life, man. <laughs> you, you, know what I think you, know, you know what I think it is, bro? She has never been on at or close to the level that Will Smith has, and it bothers her, bro. I mean, she's never been bigger than Will, Boogie. Never in her career. I think she's been, I think she's content. I think she's content with that, really, because she's been playing the same roles her entire career, dog. She know Will gonna get the bag at the end of the day. Was she in the Matrix? But, yeah, she was in yeah. the Matrix. I think she was As in a like, role player. Yeah, she was in like two other superhero movies, I think. What the so, last, last movie she made? Girls Trip? What was that? Bad Moms, Girls Trip, Bad Moms. You know what their movies no, are she was about. In that. And that was an yeah. ensemble piece with Queen Latifah. And... I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm never like, ooh, when's impressive. the next Jada movie coming out? That's true. She was in that. Ain't no Jada hey, movie. You see how she did on Minetti Professor, man. Come on, man. I was just saying. She I'm left him too. At the end of the day, man, um, I know Chris Rock. 
you know, um, you know, Stevie J wouldn't be having that evil look, you know, if he that little rat face or whatever. Hey, Chris, whatever he do Chris Rock face. is a genius, bro. Hey, Chris Rock about to get close to what Dave Chappelle's getting right now, bro. He's playing it perfect, bro. Don't say nothing. Don't don't see, don't do nothing. Just lay back, lay in the cut, and when it's time to tell your side of the story, get your money, bro. When he get that bag, that's when he gonna tell it. As soon as that bag comes, whatever it's HBO, Netflix, Showtime, whoever, whoever's gonna give him the biggest bag, that's when he's gonna tell everything that happened and all that. So that's when he's gonna go in. Will Will was Will was fine when the marriage was open, bro. He was making good movies, good TV shows, and then August Alcina messed it all up, bro, by falling in love. And now look at us. That marriage should have never oh, happened. The beating is slack. We we might not even get a second season of Bel Air because of this. Stop. Oh, no, man. it's already written. It's if already that written. happened, he needed to divorce her. That's the, that's, that's already in the contract. That puts it over the limit right there, man. That's already in the contract. That's already in works, dog. They, they already, already took Bad Boys Four from us, bro. What's next? <laughs> there was gonna be a fourth. That probably was a good thing. Uh-uh. They didn't need a fourth, right? I'm with you, Boogie. That's nah, so good. man. Nah, man. If Martin would have came in shape, we could have. We never mind, man. Sorry, <laughs> shape. Right. Hey, so, hey, bro. It's not funny, bro. It, it, no, it's it's hilarious. But it might be me. No, Casey is stupid, dog. No, no, man. Somebody wild, said. Man. Somebody said the reason Tupac did is because he was trying to get. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dog. I'm sorry, dog. I'm sorry, dog. We got off the rails now, man. <laughs> man. <laughs> Boogie, take us out. I'm the only one that can say it. Look, look, are you going to bust me out like you do, huh? <laughs> All right, next week we back at it, man. Like, subscribe, no teeth, one week closer. Yes, one sir. Yes, closer. sir. Rest in peace, Therese Paler. Rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. Kingdom yeah. Cast, we out of here. Rest in peace to Will Smith career too. <laughs> Stop. He'll be back. Someone else just needs 